Well, it's great to be with you here this morning. Thank you for having Joseph and I here. I'm just going to do a brief introduction to Partners International so you know a little bit more for those of you who are unfamiliar with our mission organization. And just before I do that, it's just a real pleasure to be here with a church that stands with us for so many years. It's been about 25 years we've been partnering here with Feel, and you've been right in there for many, many, many years of those. And uh, just to see you involved with the youth and getting them involved in missions too has been an encouragement to us and to other churches. I like to hear what each churches are doing and, and share the great work that's happening there. And so partners, what happens at Partners International? Well, we connect Canadians and the Canadian church to nationally led Christian ministries around the world. Ministries that are homegrown, ministries that have local leaders who know the language, know the culture, and it's home to them. And they bring a holistic approach to what they do. And one of the things I've enjoyed in my travels around the world is seeing how ministries bring that holistic approach, meaning word and deed. And that looks different in different parts of the world. And somehow here in Canada, we sometimes separate those things. And it's a challenge for us today to be considering how we can integrate more and more our words and our deeds. So Partners is doing that through national partners throughout the world. Um, our, our model is pretty simple. We look at the brokenness of this world and find locally led partners that are on the ground, knowing the culture, knowing the language, have vision and have passion. And we simply come alongside and resource them, praying for them, encouraging them, funding them, helping them go further and deeper in these dark and desperate areas that they work in. Often these are areas where the Western missionary can't get to uh, or have limited access. So that's our, our mandate at Partners. And I think it's important to, to, to see, too, just sometimes people like to say, well, what, what happens through partnership that way? And I just show that slide to go, wow, that's what happens. We're in about 50 countries and 125 locally led ministries. And so we see tremendous fruit through this model. And we love to partner with missionaries around the world in this, this way. So Joseph comes to us today, uh, for those of you who don't know, as a pastor, as a teacher, as a trainer, as an equipper. Uh, he lives in Lebanon, and he leads the ministry called FEEL. And you might think, FEEL, that's an interesting name. Free Evangelical Association of Lebanon. And uh, I just want to invite him up. He's going to share a message and a great presentation. So have your notes ready and be, uh, be ready for everything he has to share. Joseph? Thank you. Okay. Well, good morning. It's a great privilege for me to be here. Uh, I've been here in this church many times in the past. Uh, it has been a few years that I haven't been coming, but uh, I'm so glad to be here and uh, enjoy fellowship with you and uh, also sharing God's word and what God is doing in our midst in uh, Lebanon and the Middle East. It's, uh, it's an interesting time of uh, very interesting uh, situation in the Middle East, I'm sure you have been hear hearing the news all the all the time on the on the TV and the newspapers. But it's so delightful to to be here among brothers and sisters and uh, share what God is doing and uh, share our hearts with you. And uh, I want to thank you and want to bring the salutation of the church, of the churches there, and uh, what God uh, has been establishing these churches in different parts of the land in the 
Middle East and North Africa. We are delighted to, to know and to see firsthand what God is doing. And this is for me a great time for you and you and me to share in God's word and to share what, what God is doing. Uh, I've been asked to share the, the word with you first and then maybe also with a few minutes uh, share also on the slides. So uh, let's go on. <laughs> uh, I want to share just a verse from the book of Acts, verse 20, chapter 20 and verse 24, and that would be the highlight for the message. Acts 20, 24, when Paul was meeting the elders of the church in Ephesus, and he has made such a long a long uh, statement and a sermon to them, uh, something that he has shared from his heart. And, um, and it sto he stops here at the verse 24 uh, of the book of Acts, chapter 20 and verse 24, and he says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. Quite a statement. Quite a statement that not only tells what, what Paul is going through, but also he's sharing the, what he has been uh, counting as uh, cost in following Jesus. And he says, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the course, just to finish the thing that God has called me to do. And I think in following Jesus, uh, we all have to count the cost. And uh, I'm sure there are many things that are precious to our hearts and precious to us. But also things that are precious to the heart of God. And being a Christian or becoming a Christian in some parts of the world is not as easy as in some other parts of the world. For Paul, it was not easy to be uh, called Christian, and he must have counted the cost. Being a Christian also in the Middle East is not easy. It's a hard place, especially for those who come from a, uh, not a Christian background. Uh, you know, we live in the Middle East and North Africa, and we call it the MENA region, and we also call it the Arab world. And you will see some pictures later on about the geography there, but this is the Arab world, and we call it the MENA region, MENA, Middle East, North Africa. It's made of 22 Arab countries, and only 5% of 400 million people living there who are Christian, I mean, holding the, the Christian uh, religion, let alone maybe following Jesus. So we live in the Muslim world, 
And following Jesus in that part of the world is quite challenging. Because there is no freedom of religion and there is no freedom of speech. Only Lebanon enjoys this kind of freedom. But the other 21 countries, 21 Arab countries, you don't have that. These are like Arab countries based on Islam. And uh, of course, some people are living there are Christian, but, but I mean, the Christian witness is not there as you have it somewhere else. So you have to count the cost when you follow Jesus in this part of the world. And sometimes it comes with a high price. And this is where the challenge is for us as a church to be able to help these people who come to Christ following Jesus in these hard places. And sometimes paying from their lives, paying from their freedom, paying from uh, their rights, because they will suffer. And also the Christian witness, unfortunately, in that part of the world is decreasing because the five million Christians that I've told you about, are, some of them are immigrating, leaving the Middle East, leaving North Africa, because it, it, this is, these are hard places to live in. You have seen the immigration. I'm sure you have witnessed that in uh, your own neighborhood and in your own environment. But what, what is interesting in this, in this special time, these years, we have seen God opening the hearts of many Muslims. And this is what makes it challenging to know that God is not only reaching for specific people, he is reaching for everyone. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I remember at the time of the first disciples of Jesus, they were Jews, and they couldn't grasp the idea that, that somehow they were called to reach out to the Gentiles. That was something unusual, unaccepted. But then God led them, Jesus led them to reach out to the Gentiles. And I think all of us here are somehow, way or another, we are from the Gentiles. And this is now also the situation in the Middle East and North Africa where <clears throat> we are reaching out to the Muslim world and we are seeing God preparing the ground of so many people who are uh, touched by, by God in a special way. They see dreams, they see visions, they hear about Jesus, they are... Uh, disillusioned by Islam, they are uh, disappointed by what's happening over the last few years of what we call the Arab Spring and the, the ISIS killing uh, so many people. Uh, many, many Muslims are now asking questions. They are uh, reviewing, rethinking about their beliefs. And we have seen by our own eyes God bringing some of these Muslims to Christ. But let me tell you, following Christ for them 
is not like easy as it, it may think we, it is. It is not an easy thing. What does it mean to follow Jesus in hard places like the Mena region? What does it look like? For Paul, for Paul, it was like he was one of the Jews, and and although he was not, uh, he was fanatic, and uh, uh, I mean uh, a Pharisee, but he realized that when God touched his heart, he became a different person. He became a different person. He counted the cost. And now he's saying, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, that I may testify to the gospel of Christ. And these men and women from the Muslim background, we call them MBBs, means Muslim background believer. I mean, <laughs> just to differentiate and just to, uh, for you and us to understand this group of men and women who, who come from the Muslim background. And this is, this is a challenging thing for them. If someone wants to count the cost of something that he has honored, uh, they consider the consequences of their faith. There is a consequence there, are, there is a price to pay for their faith, for their new faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, counting the cost means recognizing and agreeing on the terms of Jesus. Being a disciple for Jesus means that you would count the cost of following Jesus and be faithful to that. We cannot follow him and follow the world's way. We have to choose. We just cannot compromise. And uh, authentic discipleship, authentic discipleship is what it means to be counting the cost and uh, learning to follow Jesus and accept the things that you may suffer from. The Muslim culture is a, Muslim, is a culture of shame and honor. The Arab world is, is a culture of shame and honor, and honor. Your life is tied to the life of your family, to the life of your tribe. You just cannot be separated from that. So any decision or acts that you do will bring shame or honor to your family directly or to your tribe. So imagine this Muslim woman or a Muslim man accepting Jesus what a shameful thing for, for the family to, to, uh, to see this young man or young woman uh, rejecting Islam and uh, following another uh, religion. And for them, this is really uh, shameful and, and dishonoring of the family and of the tribe. And in Muslim situation, counting the cost means counting the losses. You're going to lose things. I mean, for us, uh, when we come to Christ, we don't think we are losing many things. But yes, we do lose things. 
that for the world they count them as gain, but for us as believers, we need to lose them. Imagine, imagine a young man, and we have seen many, many young men, many young girls, Muslim background, coming to know Christ. And we have uh, been with them, uh, walking alongside them as they were facing, counting the cost of following Jesus. And sometimes it's not easy to imagine how it is but you can, you can lose your, your right of inheritance, for example. Just like that. The Father will tell you, if you want to follow Jesus, you are not part of the family anymore. You will be the, denied the right to belong to the family, so you, you will be disowned and uh, uh, rejected. Saman, one of our leaders in Kurdistan, when he accepted Jesus, the tribe of his wife took the wife and took his children and never to see them again. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the difficulty in which a, a, an MBB, a Muslim background believer, will face and will have this challenge in front of him and, uh, and he has to continue following Jesus when he loses his family, his children. Another young man from Iraq, Wissam, that we saw him accepting Jesus, he was disowned by his family when he came to Lebanon from Iraq. And, and the family followed him to Lebanon to kill him because he was a shame to his family. What we do as a, as, a, as a church and as a mission in the Middle East, we try to help these young men and women from Muslim background uh, to count the loss. And, and really, uh, first of all, we want them to be aware of that and be prepared what to expect so that they will not be surprised by the by the things that they will face. You remember when uh, the, author, the writer of the book of Hebrews, he was writing to the Hebrew people who were about to, to quit because of the difficulties and the persecution that they were facing. They were facing the loss of their savings and their wealth. The, the things that they, were, they worked hard to collect and save, they were about to lose them. But we have seen also some Muslim background believers go back. They couldn't face, they couldn't face the, the consequences of the new faith. And we have, learned, we have learned over the years that we need to prepare these people, prepare them to count the cost, to teach them about the suffering for Christ, Suffering for Christ is a reality. We, 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 we learn how to face that. And we want to teach them how to do that. 
Suffering for Christ is part of our walk with Christ. And this cannot be uh, left alone. I mean, we face it, whether here in Canada or in the Middle East or everywhere. We have to face suffering for Christ. So we teach them about theology of suffering. As in uh, the book of uh, the Philippians, when... uh, when uh, Paul was telling the people in the Philippians that you were you were given, or you were you were uh, you were given as a gift not only to believe in Jesus but to suffer for His sake, and we have to learn that. We need to learn that. Not only we we teach them to be prepared, but also to be ready to suffer for Christ. And this is the the the, the steps of discipleship that we go through with them, with these, these group of believers, to, to be prepared to suffer for Christ and to stand for Christ. It's not easy, brothers and sisters. You know, I mean, you can re- imagine that. So, so we teach them to expect this to happen, but not seeking this to happen. They don't seek the persecution. We don't seek persecution ourselves, but we expect this to happen and we are prepared to face it. And we teach them the importance of gaining wisdom, how to live. So this is the process of discipleship that we go through with them over over the time to, to let them know how to live for Christ. They know that they know that the joy of knowing Christ, they are happy, they are in peace, they, they rejoice in this new faith, they have a hope in Jesus, they have hope for the future, they have hope for eternity, but when it comes to day-to-day living, they have to face and count the cost. And this is what matters for us to help them how to live their Christian faith in a wise way, how to go public with their own faith. And, and, and believe me, God is doing miracles after miracles in the Middle East. We are seeing this happening in Lebanon, in Syria, in Jordan, in Iraq, in Saudi Arabia, all these Arab countries. But there is a, a problem of fear. It's not spoken about. It's not spoken of. And for me, you know, the real Arab Spring is when these men and women, these Muslim background believers, will rise up to face, to face the challenges in a public way one day. Now it's not yet given. But this will, it will come as, as masses of Muslim background believers are coming to know Christ. We are, we are amazed by what's going on. And I, I, would like, I would like to tell you that uh, living here in Canada, it might be easy. But believe me, it's not easy anywhere. If we want to follow Christ, we want to be ready to suffer for him. So I will challenge us to be bold in living for the gospel message. To be bold in living to the gospel message to share our faith with the Muslim neighbor, 
Not to be afraid of that. You carry the truth. You carry the gospel. You carry the, the only thing that can change the heart of a person. You carry the, the message of redemption to, hold the, to the whole world. And this is a challenge for all of us wherever we live. And make a distinction between Islam and the Muslims. Make a distinction. Your Muslim neighbors, they need to hear about Christ. They are disillusioned by Islam. And we need to influence wherever we are, our governments, our communities, that we hold, we hold the treasure in our hands. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ that transforms people, that transforms communities and make things new for everyone. Believe me, this is worth living for and this is worth fighting for and living for Christ, whether here in Canada or in the MENA region, to live and count the cost and stand on our feet for Jesus Christ. To him be all the glory. Amen. Amen. I, I would like us to pray a little prayer and then I will move to talk about our Eyes on Syria project. This is very important. So let us pray, please. Father, I want to thank you for this time with my brethren and sisters here at Grace Baptist. Thank you for Pastor Paul. Thank you for the elders, for the friends here that has been standing with us for so many years and standing faithfully with us, Lord, on the front of witnessing for Jesus Christ in the Middle East and North Africa. I pray, Lord, your blessing on this church and your blessing on everyone who is present here that we may all be faithful to you, Lord, no matter what is coming in our way. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know how much time still, but let, let, me, let me share with you a few, uh, a few slides here about... Uh, so you, you knew a little bit more about the MENA region. I'm sure you know the geography. The Arab world, the Arab world is a, uh, made of 22 Arab countries scattered in the North Africa and the Middle East. And, uh, and it's a joy to, to know that, uh, that uh, FEAL, which is the mission arm of the Free Church, Free Evangelical Church in the Lebanon and the Middle East, we stand to, to be a witness and, a, and a, uh, bringing the message of Jesus to the people of Mena. Uh, the Arab world, as I said, is made of 400 million Arabs. 400 million, 95% are Muslim. Only 5% are Christians. And the Christians are, um, you find them in Egypt, 15 million in Egypt. And these are the Coptic Orthodox, the Copt Church, Coptic Church. And then uh, 5 million in uh, Lebanon, in Syria, in Jordan, and Iraq. And these numbers are decreasing because many of them, through the civil wars that were happening in the last 10 years, are leaving the MENA region to come either to Australia or to Canada 
or to the U.S. or to Europe, wherever there is an open door for them. Uh, they all speak the same Arabic language, and uh, this is my mother tongue, and uh, we are speaking the same language. Of course, there is a difference between some dialects, but only 10% differences. We started this ministry uh, out of Beirut since 1994 when I returned from Canada, having studied here at Tyndale between 1990 till 1994. And uh, went back, I went back with my family to Lebanon, my mother, my home country, and we started doing ministry and missions there. It was not easy, but after 25 years, standing here today in front of you, after 25 years, God has really brought many missionaries, country leaders from these Arab countries, 18 missionaries serving in Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, Egypt, and Sudan. And they trained many leaders in their own home countries. And now they are training the second generation. House churches are everywhere in these countries, in different ways. God is really moving in a fantastic way. Today, as I told you, we are facing a new era, working with Muslim background believers. The, 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 the 395 million that are there, many of them are coming to Christ. And we are working with the MBBs, and we want to see, our Eyes on Syria project is mainly to see this movement, God moving between the Muslim background believers to be for themselves to reach out to their own people in their own countries, in these 22 countries. So, so um, we are working, I give you an example about Eyes on Syria, we have oases, oasis places in different parts of Lebanon. Three places, two in Beirut and one in the Bekaa Valley, where we host many Syrian refugee families. You know, in Lebanon, Lebanon is a population of four million people. We have today 1.5 million Syrian refugees on our soil. And that means one-third of the population in Lebanon are immigrants, are refugees. And God has opened the door for us through Oasis to reach out to around 250 families. We, we bring them, we help them, we give them some food, we teach them, we rent schools to bring these families and teach them every Saturday about Jesus and help them to gain some skills learn Arabic because many of them, they don't know how to write the Arabic language. They speak it, but they don't know how to write it. So we help them. Uh, this is the holistic ministries uh, Brother Tim was talking about. We help them in their needs, just like you do ASL here and other things. We, do, we help them in their felt needs, and then we present the gospel also to them. And they ask us questions. Why do you do that? Why do you help us? Where, where our Muslim friends don't do that, you are doing that. Why? And we tell them about Jesus. 
We tell them that Jesus uh, mandates us to do that. He, he also ha- helps us to love our neighbors, to love our enemies. And, and God is working in their hearts. So, so we want, uh, through these years in Lebanon, while they are still in Lebanon, to help them grow in knowing Christ, those who have accepted Jesus. And we have seen many. We have two classes of discipleship for many women who, can, who has come to, to know Christ. And many young teenagers and, and young men and, and girls who, who also come to these classes. This is fantastic that they, they are hungry, they are thirsty to know more about Christ. And uh, we teach them, we try to disciple them help them to stand on their feet, help them to count the cost, help them to know how to be prepared for sufferings if it comes on their way. And in the meantime, this is the time where we are preparing them to the phase number two when they go back to their country, Syria. Yes. They want to go back to their country, Syria. And... uh, Syria is a country of 26 million. So we want to help them be the catalyst for a, for a church planting movement, house church planting. You know, Muslims, they cannot come to, to a church like this one in the Middle East, in some countries of the Middle East, all, all of the countries except Lebanon. But they can come to a house church. So we want to teach them how to start a house church, and we are doing that. And... Uh, and through the vision, we want to see city community centers. City community centers is made of, of a visible church, as you can see here in the middle, a visible church that we want to plant in certain cities of Syria. And then out of this visible church will grow house churches for the Muslim background believers. For the eyes of the government, they are happy to see a visible church what they should respect for the Christians, but the Muslim, for the Muslim backgrounds, they have to be in house churches. This is how it is in Muslim countries. And there is an NGO where we can help them, teaching them skills, teaching them how to build their homes again, um, helping them uh, gaining some uh, micro-enterprise, start, because they have lost everything. They have lost everything. So we are excited. We have identified three places in Syria, and I would like you to pray for these places. Let me see where they are here. Homs, Aleppo, and Hasaki. These three cities where we want to see three city community centers, a visible church, and then out of the visible church, there will be house churches for the Muslim background believers, and an NGO helping them in the holistic way. So please keep this in mind and put it in your prayer list to pray for us. This is not happening yet. We are still preparing them in Oasis. But any time, any month that where they are allowed to go back to their country, we want to start these things uh, right with them with these Muslim background believers. We want to start uh, seeing God's church in Syria, growing, reaching out to the Muslims, 
at a high cost, but counting the cost like Paul did and counting the cost like these Muslim believers are doing, this is what is challenging. And we need your help. We need your prayers. We need your support. We need to be doing this together as a church. This is the time for that. And God is opening doors for us. And we, will, we want to use it and we want to take the opportunity to do that. I'm sure you have many questions. We don't have time for that. But uh, I will be standing behind the table outside. If you need any inquiry, any clarification, I'm ready for it. Thank you very much. And God bless you. And may the Lord be glorified in our midst. Amen.